And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscal and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, hardly ever, on Wednesday night is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? And I'm already yawning, Andrew. That's how late we're recording. Wow. It's at least 6.05 out here. <laughs> and I'm pooped. I'm, a, I'm in uh, Pacific, the Pacific time zone as well. And uh, currently in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah. Making, my, making my way out to Las making Vegas. My way. Making my way to Vegas. Um, I watched uh, some Summer League basketball. We watched the, yeah. the Thunder against the Grizzlies. They, they uh, lost the game. 9486 which seems to be the last thing anyone cares about <laughs> with summer league is just who won and who lost. Um, uh it only matters if you c- consistently win like the Blazers do. They have like yeah, multiple true. summer league banners cuz then it just becomes true. a fun thing. Oh, let's just mm-hmm. try to do it again. That'd be fun. Yep. Uh and you know the the Thunder do have the best odds for Vegas summer league. If if you're a wow. betting man, I don't. I, I wouldn't would pick them, but bet against it a thousand percent. Bet too. against it because they're if they were playing their all their guys, players. Oh yeah, yeah. They showed already that it's like okay, we know that J Dub's good. Let's give other guys a chance. Let's see what Jared Butler's got. Do we need to bring Jared Butler back on another two way deal? Let's find out. Uh, okay, so takeaways from tonight's game against the Grizzlies is that Trey Mann looked like the best player on the court. And it wasn't particularly close. There were guys that hit shots. I thought, like, Jake LaRavia for the Grizzlies hit some shots. Jared Butler was pretty good. But Trey Mann, his stat line is pretty sick. 28 points on 14 shots. 10 of 14 from the field. Four rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Six of eight from the free throw line. He was awesome. Getting to his spots. He looked confident. He looks bigger to me. That's kind of another takeaway for Trey over the last couple of games like he just looks bigger and he just looks more than anything more sure of himself more sure of what he should be doing um he looks so good and aggressive offensively and kind of showcase had the chance to showcase everything he had a floater to begin the game with his deep ball looked good he's creating separation he's kind of doing everything that you hoped Trey Mann would have done last year but he's display he's displayed it in these first two summer league games yeah I think for most third-year players going in their summer league, if they're putting up these kind of stat lines, we're feeling the way we do about J-Dub, where it's like, he's too good for this, get him out of there. 
But yeah. because he's had such weird, he had such a weird season last year, it feels like he's on the fringes and he's like fighting for his roster spot. Yeah. But like normally this would just be like, oh yeah, this, this is what a third year player in the NBA should look like mm-hmm. in summer league. They, he should mm-hmm. be this much better than anyone. Yep. And so it that part of it's nice. Like it's nice to finally see this version of Trey. I mean, it's only been two games, but still like back-to-back games looking really impressive and completely showing you like why they drafted him initially. You know, like the, yeah. the idea of Trey Mann was on full display today. Um, but like, I, I don't know if I can say I feel any differently about his future prospects with the Thunder, given everything they've done this summer. Yeah, they added two guards to yeah. a rotation that already has a lot of guards. And he he felt like it was going to be like an easy, odd man out, you know, no pun intended, but also pun intended. Um, it felt like it was going to be, all right, that's fine. Trey's going to be just fine in summer league and it'll be easy to just let him go. And then he comes in, he plays like this. And it to me, it just felt like a confidence issue for Trey all of last season. He didn't look as sure of himself as he did in his rookie season. And if he is this player, which we, we had a an unreasonable amount of hype surrounding Trey Mann to start last season. Yeah, And for a sure. lot of the players around the team felt the same way. And now he had a sophomore slump. Some guys just get it together in year three. Like, that just happens. And so you just wonder what's going to happen to Trey once the year starts because they're adding Micic. They're adding... Kason. They're adding players that I think are going to be important to what they do this next season. And it's what what's good is that they have flexibility with guys like Giddy and J Dub and even Shea at the guard position. Like those can be your guards, but because they're so big, they can also be your forwards. And so they have the flexibility there. However, I don't know if they have the flexibility to add in Trey and Kason and Michich, and, you know, they, there's other guys on the roster that are going to demand minutes, too. And so you just wonder what that looks like. However, none of that matters today because Trey has looked really good. And so we want to give him his due without, like, pulling the rug from him immediately, we like talking about the rotation. But he's looked really good. Uh, Andrew, you sound like a, a robot. Oh, that's but not But maybe good. it's just for me. Uh, let us know in the chat. Do I sound like a robot to everybody else? I saw those look. I, the looks you were giving me made me think that either I sounded weird or what I was saying about Trey Man was so absurd to you, and I couldn't tell which was which. Um, <laughs> okay, I, okay, you sound normal now. Uh, okay, good. I agree with the part I understood. I feel like the difference is though, like. You've been you've been saying, and I've been begrudgingly agreeing with you that the Thunder are probably going to do what they did the last couple seasons, which is Mark's going to explore the roster. Like we, we both agree on that, right? Bingo. Yes, but the difference is that there are more never DNP guys this season. Like okay, in, in terms of guys who are never going to oh, just like be let's, rested. Let's, let's, let's list them out. Who's our, because, who's our never DNP guys? Well, first of all, let's bring up last year's. 
So the guys yeah. who are going to play as long as they're healthy every single mm-hmm. night, like you're never going mm-hmm. to sit Shea to let somebody nope. else get a run. Okay. Nope. Shea, Giddy. By the end of the season, J Dub. Yeah, J Dub's and Dort. So that's four that I feel very that's confident four. about, and maybe that's it. Like because I mean, you could say Isaiah Joe. You know, like by the end of the season, probably, but uh, Isaiah no. Okay, Isaiah no. Wow. Hey. Um, <laughs> so so we'll say four guys. Chet, four guys. Two. No, but Chet didn't play. I'm saying for last year, last year's team. Oh, for last year, oh, for last year's team. Okay, 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 okay. And my, my point is that exploring the roster is pretty easy to do when you only have four guys who are definitely getting big minutes every single night. Okay, so let's talk about who who is added to the uh, no rest list of guys. So it's definitely Chet. I think everyone agrees with that. I think it's definitely yep. Mitchich. I don't think you're going to be don't sitting so. Mitchich. Don't think so. I I do not agree. You don't think he's a no DMP guy? Do not agree with that statement. No, I don't think he is. <sighs> okay. Uh, what about Kason? He can be DMP'd. So, so you only, it's fine. So you only think, there's, think there's one more? Yeah, I think there's five. I think there's five. Now, someone could play themselves into that. If Mitra shows up and is just killing it, then yeah, he can become that. I'm not going to put him there day one. Uh, same for Kason. Kason can play himself into that, certainly. Yeah. But he would have to be so good, like indispensable, where he's like, for sure, like we don't need him. Like we, we can't – Isaiah Joe is going to be at the end of the bench now because like we have to play Mijic. We have to play Kaysan. I don't think that's the case. I do think that there is a, a window open for Trey to get minutes. And a lot of that is more due to the flexibility of the roster and the flexibility of the players than it is but anything else. It's it's a smaller window than last year. It has to be Agreed. a smaller window than last year. Agreed. I think that And the window was barely cracked last year. I know he didn't play at the end of the season. So yeah. I, like what he's doing right now is awesome. Like this is the player cool. that when we imagined it at the beginning of last season, this was yeah. kind of like what we were thinking. Like a guy who's like a legit three-level scorer. Yeah. Like he can get to the rim whenever he wants. He can he has a really nice floater. He's yep. a sharp shooter from three. Like that is mm-hmm. the player that we envisioned. Yeah. And definitely. so you, you you were right that like we are we, we were almost ready to write him off. Like we thought it was going to be an easy cut in our brains because mm-hmm. we know that they mm-hmm. have to cut some number of guys. Yeah. And something like this does bring you back in to some extent because you're like, well, that's yeah. that's him. That's the guy. That's <laughs> the guy we were is. talking about. There he is. <laughs> uh, we're not crazy. Yeah. But then you step back and you're like, well, how, how is this ever going to work? Like, is this is there a way for this to work still in Oklahoma City with all the with all these guys coming in who if you don't want to put them on the no DMP list, that's fine. But like they're going to give Mitchich a shot up front. Um, I wouldn't be so sure. What? I wouldn't be so sure that he's just going to be like staple 20 minutes a night right from the beginning. I just I just don't know. I, I do. Know. Read read my I have uh, as my banner Mitchich for MVP. If he's going to have an MVP season, Andrew, <laughs> he's got to be playing from day one. Well, here's the thing is that I think that there is a world where 
Trey Mann can take Isaiah Joe's spot. Just because Trey can hit threes plus do all the other stuff. And I think there was that that going into the season going into this next season that there can be like an assumed role for Isaiah Joe as like this designated shooter. If Trey can hit shots and create, then I think that there's a world for him to eclipse what Isaiah Joe does. He's gonna have to really prove it because Joe has shown that he's like a pretty consistent shooter. Now he tailed off at the end of the season, whatever. Like he's still a good shooter and played hard on defense. And that's something that Trey's going to have to really do. Um, that's something he's going to have to really do to, in order to earn that spot. Um, but I do think it's interesting. I think Trey, Trey being good doesn't mean – in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to mean a whole lot. But I, I think that Trey has a ways to go to prove that he can be this guy. This is summer league. The level of competition is, is a lot lower than the NBA. Like way, way, though, way, way. I mean, lower. though this was a good summer league team that they were playing. I mean, Memphis has a lot yeah. of guys who got regular yeah. NBA rotation minutes. Yes, there are seventh, eighth, and ninth guys on NBA teams out there. Yeah, I, I think they were better than the Jazz team that they played. Without a doubt, without a doubt, the Jazz defense in particular was pretty bad. the The Grizzlies defense was much, much better tonight. Um, okay. I'm good with leaving the Trey man discussion there. He's going to play more. We're going to see more of him. We'll see if he stays consistent. Uh, Chet played his second game. There were flashes of really great stuff. And defensively, he makes an impact just by being there. You could see the fear in some of the guards' eyes when they're driving and they see that he's there. He had some outstanding blocks tonight. He made some nice moves offensively. However, he did – people are going to point out he had six turnovers. He missed all four of his threes, kind of front-rimmed all of those. Looks to still be kind of getting into shape, um, which is fine. But you can still see the impact that he made. Just offensively, it seems like – to me, when I watch him, I just keep thinking, oh, my gosh, they missed him. Oh, they missed his cut again. Or they miss his roll to the rim. Or they miss this. There, there just weren't guys to compliment him out there, which I think will will hinder him in summer league, certainly. But I could just see where, like, Shea and Giddy are going to find him in ways to help him a lot. Um, but and, and, look, look and that's solid going to enough. Be, that's going to be the way he likely scores the most in his rookie season on those types of plays. Um, or like the putbacks, I thought he had a couple really impressive putbacks over these last two games where he grabbed rebound and and uh, shot it. And, you know, the handle is is not great. I mean, it's probably good for a, someone who's seven feet tall. Um, yeah. But as he, a like he, as a self-creator, it is not great. It's and not there. that move it, the, he, he got he gets stripped on the same move over and over yeah. again when he tries yeah, to spin yeah, yeah. and the other and the other yeah. team just sitting there waiting for it. That happened like at least four times over these over these two games, but on the one hand, you want him to keep trying that stuff because like that's where the upside lies on the offensive end. Like that's where the ceiling is on the upside on the offensive end. Um, but he also probably isn't going to be doing a ton of that to start once we get into the season. Like he'll have those opportunities, but that's I mean he he's really doing a lot. He's trying more of that stuff. I feel now than he will be in the regular season. Oh, and it's great. 
like you you want him to to figure out where he can and can't do things and you don't want to like shame him for it or like make him like or to even like call him out and be like I can't believe he's doing this or whatever like he's got to figure those things out in transition too if he's not super decisive on where he's going you can kind of see him like slowing down a little bit i mean guys can come from behind him and take the ball um, that happened a couple times I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be just fine. He looks super fluid to me. The shot is going to come along. Like I, I believe in Chet as a shooter. I think it's going to take a little bit of getting his legs underneath him. Um, but overall, like the his impact is felt defensively. And that's like number one what you want to see. It's like do people care that he's there? He had a really nice like pin block that I think I think Trey ended up getting a foul on it. But had a really nice pen block. He blocked a, a three point shot. I I thought he looked I thought he looked really good for the most part. And oh, d- defensively, like I feel even sh- more strong, stronger. I feel stronger than I did last year in in SLC because yeah, that summer league, like especially that first game, we were just like all obsessed with what he did offensively. Um, yeah, and then you had the the game against. Kenny Lofton Jr., where it didn't go well. And so this was round two. But what he's done defensively over these last two games, it feels very real. And it feels like it is real enough where it's going to be a day one type of impact. Yeah. Um, because nothing he's doing feels like that out of the ordinary. Like it doesn't feel fluky, none of what he's doing. Like his timing on his blocks is so good. You so rarely see him either bite on a pump fake or jump too early for a guy. Like it's almost always exactly when he was supposed to jump. And I, th- I guess like, I do kind of wonder why guys keep going at him because like at some point he really is like blocking. There was a point where it felt like he was blocking every shot every time a guy would come in. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like there is like a unexpectedness about him, maybe because he is so skinny. Like maybe you don't see him as much of a threat as he should be. And then his timing is just so perfect that like you don't even realize what's happened by the time you're getting blocked. I just I was wildly impressed with his defense. Obviously around the rim more. I mean there there were some instances where he was guarding on the perimeter and he kind of got out of position. But and, and and that's one of the things I'm interested to see what they do next year because a big thing with yeah. the Thunder last year was that they didn't switch a lot. Um and so I wonder if that will be the case this year. Um, and if we see more drop coverage with Chet, because I think he could be like a terror in drop coverage where, where you just like let him patrol the paint and just ward off anyone and you allow Dort and Kaysan and Kenrich to just wreak havoc on the perimeter. I think that would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think somebody that kind of allows that to happen a little bit is, is Jay Will. Like starting Jay Will with Chet and having him kind of be the person that takes on whatever the challenge is, like down low. Uh, I think Kenneth Lofton def- Jr. tonight. Yeah, I think that helps. And then you kind of have Chet as this like rover a little bit. Yeah, it's just yeah, going to yeah. find find the slots where he needs to defend and thwart these guards that are trying to get to the paint. And I think that really helped. I I, I think that's something that we will see, and and it makes the most sense too. To like not put Chet on like these big guys that are just going to back him down because like you 
as a person that like either follows the thunder, covers the thunder, whatever, like you don't want to like fall into the trap of like he's too skinny. How is this going to work? If if he's your center, how does this actually work? But how it works is that you have another really strong guy, and I think Jay Will can do that. Jay Will has looked pretty impressive too, just just in like his positioning and where he's been. Like obviously, the stat line's not crazy. I mean, he's only four of 11, 12 points, four boards, three assists, a steal, three blocks himself. Like fine, but positionally, like he just looks really good and just looks like he knows where to be. Looks like uh, like just another solid NBA player in there. And that was really that was good to see. Um, more summer league thoughts. I mean, off the bench, they didn't have a lot going on. Like Shackelford was kind of killing me defensively. He's just so so bad. Um, then like Maldonado and McConnell are just kind of whatever. Um, I think Jared Butler's played well enough to where if they brought him back on a a two way contract, like it would make sense. Oos. Um, at 13 points, six boards, two assists, five of 10 from the field, better than the last game. I think he played overall better. He had two blocks tonight, too. Played better than he did in the last game. He just has, it's just spurts of like activity where you're like, okay, there it is. You know, well, when he like, gets out, when he gets out on the break, like it looks pretty good. What's in, when it's in the half court, it's like he's just kind of standing there and you're like, I'm not. Sure, or like somebody doesn't find him on the cut, or whatever it is. Like it's it's just not quite as good as you would have hoped. Yeah, I think all the places he looked good previously, he still looks good there. Like defensively, like that was the reason why he was able to play last year. It's he's yeah. still good. It's still good. Like especially when he's guarding on the perimeter, I noticed a lot more in that first game. Like his length really bothers guards or or even wings when he's when he's on them like when they're trying to drive into him just the um, the amount of mass that Usman Jang is with how long he is really bothers guards when he's cutting like there's moments where it looks really good he had a really nice cut tonight where yeah. he like pump faked went up over three guys i think and then he yes on the tra- in transition when he's getting the pass he looks good Yep. When he's initiating, he just feels like it's so far away because it, it, yep. one of two things usually happens. Like he's either going to he, he doesn't have like crazy athleticism, so like you rarely see him blow by a guy on the perimeter. So mm-hmm. he like penetrates the defense, and then like the first sign of contact, he's usually like going up. He's either shooting like a fadeaway or he's trying to shoot like a goofy floater. And the touch just isn't there really on a lot of those shots. Um, and then there's been a, f- there were at least two times where he had like a wide open path to the basket. One was in transition in this game and the other one was the last game. And he actually got fouled in the last game, but the replay seemed to suggest it was a clean block. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's just something about him where he's not, un- or he's very predictable in his movements and like sure. guys are able to just like wait on him and attack him every single time. And I feel that a way about a lot of his game where there's just nothing sudden about his game. It's all kind of like more thought out. I mean, he's not like the record scratch that Bayes could be. Yeah. But I don't think he's like some super quick decision maker. Yeah. Like he has he- moments of that, but there's a lot of times where it takes him like an extra half second to make a decision. 
Yeah, he he looks to be more of a complementary piece at least right now, which is yeah. f- fine. Like he's not going to be a primary initiator on this team, probably no matter what. You know, like Kason is a much more is going to be a more consistent guy on the ball than than Us is. Us, the hope for Us is that he can be like a big wing defender and can make some good passes and can just finish, whether that be at the rim or hit threes. His shooting motion looks really good. Whether or not it goes in, we'll see. But the shooting motion looks good. Uh, you pointed this out on Down to Dunk last week. Like He likes to dunk the ball. I think he had two dunks tonight. You know, He's finding ways to finish. He's got to continue to work on his aggressiveness overall. But he definitely had some plays where they like put him on Laravia and Laravia couldn't do a whole lot against him. Yeah. And it's not like we're and also like we're talking about Jake Laravia, you know, but Jake played really good at the beginning of the game, had a really good start, and you know, you put Us on him down the stretch, like he played really well on him. And so I think oh, this is a good one. Lawrence Field says, Who's better, a nineteen year old Poku or a nineteen year old Us? I mean, I think you know Us already shows that he's like just a little bit more steady of a player than what Poku was at his early age. Um, so I, I actually uh, I actually did a stat head comparison of them this morning because I was thinking that same thought. Um, and let, let me, you know what, I'll just bring it up and I'll share it so we can all look at it together. Oh, um, you've got it. Yeah. Sorry, my hotel Wi-Fi is going in and out. Also, I think it might be the uh, the housekeeping lady here who is angrily mopping around me during no. most of this first part of this podcast. Could be. Um, she may have so yeah, I, I would say down. now. Obviously, the big difference is that Poku got a lot more run in his rookie season than. Uh, oh yeah, Oost did. Yeah, I mean that was the the season that no one saw. You know. So I mean, I'm going to go down to per 100 possessions. They both average exactly 16 points per game. This is per 100 oh. possessions. Uh, Poku was a slightly better rebounder, but very, I mean, yeah. basically the same. Poku was slightly better at assists, but basically the same. And uh-huh. then Us was better at steals, Poku better than blocks. That all makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. The thing that sticks out is <laughs> right here. Two-point yeah. percentage, Us shot 60% on two-pointers. Uh, Poku... As a rookie, shot forty percent on two pointers. Pretty, pretty rough. They were both about the same level of three point shooter. Poku yeah. shot twenty eight percent. Us shot twenty seven percent. Like basically the same. Uh, turnovers, like Poku had way more. Which you know, if if Us got the kind of use, like if he was allowed to do what Poku got to do in his rookie season, he probably would have had more turnovers. But yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of production, they were actually pretty similar. It's just that Us was a much better finisher, like yeah, significantly better finisher. But also, like per one hundred possessions, you're scoring sixteen points. Um. Uh, yeah. You know. You know <laughs> is that not, not is that not good enough for you? Uh, it's. I mean, for Jang, it's more of just like the lack of shooting, just like period, like taking shots. Okay, you know, what do you think? It is uh, anything else? What do you think, Terrence Ferguson? How many points per game per oh 100 possessions? Huh? His rookie season. 
I don't know what the answer is. I'm going to look it up. Oh, I mean, it might be less because I think Tferg. It felt like he shot even less. Oh yeah, he, than he, those guys. He uh, he only scored twelve points. Uh, yeah, hundred possessions. That should have been but, that should have been a canary oh, in the coal mine for us on Tferg. Hey, shot sixty one percent on two pointers. Better than both of those tall guys. So uh, wow, shout out, shout out to Ferg. Wow. A uh, good um, transition player. Also, he played with really good players. Yes, you know? he did. Yeah. Like, in their prime, really good players. But but I think getting back to to the, the question, like, I think we're asking that question because it's like we're looking at these minutes, and they seem to like J-Will. So if, like, J-Will's getting minutes, yeah, it's, it's unlikely that Poku and Us will get a ton of minutes in the same game. Like I have a feeling those guys yeah. are probably going to be fighting for whatever that backup four role is. Yeah, um, probably so. And right now, I mean, it's hard not to give the edge to Us simply because of his defense. Yeah, Us can play on the wing though. That's like that's the thing where I just I thought Poku could in his rookie season, and he's like slowly yeah. become more of a big because he's so jacked. He is a wing because he's got such a such a big trunk. I wish he was playing in summer league. I know he got hurt, and he also probably wasn't ever going to play in summer league. But yeah, I don't think he was going to. That would have been fun. Fourth year guys in summer league is uh, pretty brutal. Although it would only been his second summer league. That's true. What did you think so, about so so the first game? The original starting lineup. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was going to be JRE next to Chet. I don't. I don't know. I, I think ESPN put that out, but I don't know if that's oh, true. Or okay. Not. I just, if that was the case, I thought that was kind of an interesting decision. Um, yeah, that would have been weird. That would have been weird to me. Because, like, that's, you're starting three bigs, basically. I just don't, um, I don't know that you would do that. So they have to cut four guys? Uh, I think Is that, that yes, that's right. They have, yeah, they're carrying 19 right now. Um, um, cut or trade, you know, we could see something yeah. similar to the Rockets trade that we saw last year. Uh, uh, I hope guys. not to the uh, the most recent Rockets trade. Hope we don't have to give up, up picks to get off some of these guys. Uh, yeah, not those. Yeah, not that one. Yeah, gosh, what a mess that is. It, it, I mean, it would just hurt because, like, wh- when you're a fan of a young team, like you kind of buy into every guy that's drafted for at least a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, there's with, still people that, especially Ty Ty Washington, like people that believe in him. Like you, you'll yeah, find a lot of people sure. around the league that believe in him still. And I know there's still Garuba fans, and so for them to just yeah shed those guys, like salary just, dump them. I know. That's just that's tough. That's a tough pill yeah. to swallow. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Uh, I would not be happy. And they're and the Rockets fans, like to their credit, not happy about it. <laughs> Did not want that <laughs> yeah. to happen. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. You. Were, what were you saying about having to cut guys? From oh. Oh. I was just. I was gonna ask if you. If you have any feel right now, of like, if you were ranking guys, like, who would be your first? Do you, do you think there's an obvious cut? I. I don't know that there is an obvious cut right now. Because last year we were um, able to narrow it down to like four guys, and then it turns out they all got traded in a single trade. Yeah. But we were at least able to narrow it down to those guys. Yeah, I mean, I I would, I think Jack White could be a pretty easy cut, just depending on how he plays in training camp. So I wouldn't yeah. say that Jack is somebody 
that's going to stick around. Um, I feel like I'm cutting out. Did I just cut out again? Oh, uh, your voice changed very briefly, but you never cut okay. out. Okay. Yeah. I think Jack White's contract is easily cut. I think he's somebody that you want to bring into camp and kind of see how he how he looks. And maybe he's somebody that ends up on a two-way, ultimately. Um, so, like, the, but that's just because I just haven't really seen a whole lot of him. I saw some of him with um, – you saw some of his stuff with Denver and there's some positivity coming out of people that watched him in Denver, but I don't know that, that, that would be one of them, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I mean, JRE is another one that I think that could be let go of, but I don't know. I don't think yeah, it's, it's an, I don't think those are obvious cuts. No, I, I don't either. And I'm sure a lot of people might think of Jerry as an obvious cut, but Similar to what you were saying about J-Will, like, I kind of would like to see Jerry next to Chet to see how yeah. it looked. Because I do feel like he is not a center. And he was played at center for most of his career so far. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see what it looks like where he is the fifth starter next to Chet and next to, you know, Shea, J-Dub, and anyone else. Isaiah Joe. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I've, could work. Yeah. I mean, a very obvious two like very obvious cuts would just be letting go of Patty Mills and letting go of Oladipo. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's you know, true. Like those are probably, although I just wonder about having those contracts to trade as expiring deals, I guess we're going to find out how valuable those are to the thunder because having like sizable contracts that are expiring at the trade deadline might be valuable again. So I just wonder if at least keeping one of those around, and I would just keep Mills around just because I think having a guy like that on your roster for like leadership purposes, and then also somebody that can hit a shot, you know, he could be like, he could, he could come off the bench and just do similar things to Isaiah Joe and just to have another one of those guys around. Because you get down to the end of the season, and it's like, oh, man, Trey can't play. Or, like, maybe, like, Kaysan offensively isn't ready to go. Like, we just – we need to win a playoff game. We need eight guys or nine guys. And maybe Patty's one that just shows, like – like, he's not going to be scared of the moment. He's somebody that you feel like you could play in the closing moments of a game to just hit a shot if you needed to. So I just wonder if you just want to keep him around for those purposes. I know he's a little older, but, you know, if you're Houston – and I know Houston fans felt this way. Like, they were excited just to get Patty Mills the player on their roster. <laughs> yeah, because he is, you know? like, a legit vet for all the reasons you just said. Like, And they need shooting. So it, it did make sense when I when I initially saw that. Um, but you have now frozen, Andrew. There, you're back. Hotel Wi-Fi, man. This is not – this back. is not – this is not this – is, there's no sustainable success with Hotel Wi-Fi here. This is going to be our last uh, podcast in this hotel. Yeah, this will be our last one in this hotel. I'll be, I'll be Not in Vegas. Out. I'll be in Vegas tomorrow. Um, so. Hey, real quick, maybe not real quick. I want to talk about the uh, Miami, Portland thing from yeah. OKC's perspective because yeah, definitely. It uh, God, first of all, okay. <laughs> did you did you see the tweet that I quote retweeted? I don't know that I did. Can I just read it to you? 
Yeah, I would I would love for you to read it to me. All right. This this is a, a reporter in Miami. He said, not that heat offers should be this much, but the ridiculing of what heat can offer is silly when you consider they have the equivalent of seven or eight first rounders. Okay. 2028, 2030, 2024, if OKC moves the 2025 to 2026. Uh, yeah. Jaime Jaquez, Jovic, Caleb Martin. Don't oh, don't wait, do wait, the wait. equivalent of picks crap. Like, I hate wait, that wait, stuff. Wait. That's so dumb. All right, keep going. Cody Martin, in parentheses, would be first rounder if his class redrafted. Close what does that even mean? Hero. What is that? That's so dumb. Anyways, I, along with a bunch of other people, quote retweeted it. For some reason, he yeah. only responded to me. So now I have oh, all really? of these Heat fans in my who, mentions. Who tweeted this? Who tweeted this? His name's Barry Jackson. Okay, which I, I, don't I, I, have Barry no, Jackson. I have no beef with Barry. Uh, but all these Heat fans are coming at me now and they're saying, Cook them, Barry. Cook them. They're, they're telling Barry to cook me up, Andrew. I don't want to get <laughs> did cooked. You get, did you get cooked? I don't think did I did, cooked? but they're saying they're saying I'm getting cooked, so I must be getting cooked. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, the part of his tweet that I did like, okay, because so here's the problem. If I think with my heart, I'm thinking of being a Blazer fan, and I'm thinking like, I hate that a small market is getting bullied in the media, in public, every single day, being gaslit, telling them that like, this is actually an awesome offer. Why aren't you not like running to take this offer? Oh, but then my head- break. My head is thinking, well, if we could come out of this with an unprotected pick, uh, maybe maybe the Blazers should take it. Uh, maybe Cody yeah. Martin uh, was almost the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Maybe <laughs> maybe they should think of him as a first rounder. So I want to ask you because they could they could do it a few different ways. Like they they can't unprotect twenty twenty five because it does, it wouldn't work with the picks. It ha- they would yeah. either have to unprotect twenty twenty six or. They could get yeah. one of those future picks, 28 or 30. If you could choose yeah. in this mm-hmm. scenario, what would you pick? Because 2026 is the Cooper flag draft, most likely. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. he could reclassify, who knows? Or you could just go for like the, hey, we'll just take the furthest out one because maybe Portland wants a pick that's closer, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. Do you have any strong opinion on which year you would want if you could get it? I would probably rather have 26, 2026, just because I think that could be a useful year to have an extra first round pick with this team. Yeah. Um, but you can convince me that it would, you'd be in the same place in 30, but I would probably just want the 26 unprotected just because I think in three seasons, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what the team is, what you'll need to improve it. And if you have the asset, like right there for somebody in a really good draft for what's supposed to be a really good draft. Like who knows? Right. But it's supposed to be a really good draft. Those picks can be a little bit more valuable or if it's unprotected, I mean, Jimmy Butler and Lillard in that season are going to be pretty old. So I will tell you how old they will be. Jimmy Butler is turning 34 this September. Yeah. So So that means he'll be 34. He'll be he'll be thirty six. He'll be thirty four for the twenty four draft, thirty five for the twenty five draft, thirty six. Oh, okay. For the twenty six draft, he'll be thirty six okay, gotcha. years old. Yeah, thirty six in that in yeah. that season. And then Dame, mm-hmm. he's about to turn thirty three, so he'll he'd be thirty five in that season. So you're talking about thirty five yeah. and thirty six year old in twenty twenty six. Like man, that that's a little juicy, and it's unprotected. It's pretty juicy, yeah. And and depending on what else they include. 
this mm-hmm. could be a pretty stripped down team. Especially yeah, because like, when does uh, Dame is Dame is making sixty. Yeah, what, what's Bam's? Well, yeah, when is Bam's? What, how many years does he have left? Let me see. Let me see. Bam, he has. So his uh, deal runs out in the twenty five twenty six season. That's his last season. Oh, okay, so that's his last season. So they're gonna have to make a decision on him. Uh, which they'll probably just decide to to bring him along. Yeah, I would rather have that one. Just the the value could be there. Also, the Thunder are going to be paying guys then, and just to have the ability to take another rookie to bring him on the team, because the like you the ways that you can improve your team with this new CBA is through re-signing your own guys and through the draft. Like that's how you can add money to your books. If you're paying into, you know, into the tax, and if you're in the first or second apron or whatever, like the the best way to add salary is through the draft, and so that will be a year that you, that you will need more draft picks, in my opinion. If they if they pull this off, which mm-hmm. honestly I think if if Portland's going to do a deal with Miami, it's going to be because they bled them dry of literally everything. And the only way to bleed Miami dry is if they renegotiate this pick. That's the only way they can offer Portland three first rounders. Yeah. Sam is just sitting by the, sitting by the phone waiting for the call. And that pick started off in the, uh, in the deal, in the, the Clippers deal. That was a 2023 lottery protected pick that then got pushed back in the Casey Akpala deal. Yeah. And then, uh, is that when it got renegotiated to do, to do the 25, yes. 26? That's when it got pushed back. And it is looking so much better every single day. Because you wouldn't have wanted to have an extra pick necessarily in this draft. Well, that, that, it, that was the worst. It was would have been pick 18. We could have been the Hawkeyes pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was probably the worst pick in that original Paul George trade. Yeah. Because there was a 2021 Miami unprotected. I don't remember where that one fell. Was that Trey Mann? Yes. Okay. So Yeah, and, and also people need to remember this too. The Heat aren't some juggernaut. Their pick was in the teens this year. Like, they're not some regular season juggernaut. On the other and hand, like is, if, if we were Blazers yeah, fans, ahead. though, I would say... Yeah. The Heat are never good. They're they're never bad. Like they they're never, never horrible. Out. It's fine for the. I'm just saying for the Thunder. Yeah, for the if Thunder. I a, think if it's you can cool. get some mid first round pick in 26, give me that because you could get like they got Jaime Jaquez and what is seen as like a, a pretty good draft. And if that's a pretty good draft, if you could get like the equivalent of somebody like that, I'm not talking about them getting like. It's going to be unprotected, but I'm not talking about them getting like the fourth pick in the draft. If they could get like the 16th pick in the draft in what is a good draft, you can find good players there that can help you. And that's where you may pick more for fit than ever before. You know, yeah. it's like where we saw the Thunder picking like a guy like Steven Adams at 12 when they had their team. You, know, you could see them doing something similar to that with that pick. And that player can that they can either contribute or you can trade it or the Thunder will probably have their own pick and that pick in twenty six. And they'll, they'll have a Clippers pick in that year. Yes, and they'll have the unprotected Clippers pick. You'll have three like pretty juicy and picks. And also the Rockets pick. 
They have another Rockets in 26? Yeah, isn't it 24 and 26? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're going to be freaking low. I mean, this is this is where like Sam's plan just starts to get people just don't realize like there's some people kind of killing the thunder a little bit for what they did this summer. I'm just like, like whatever. Like it's just, if you just look at the big picture, like zoom out for five seconds and know that they have several guys on their roster right now that are just like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, like they're going to play big minutes and would play big minutes on any team in the NBA. You have this like tertiary group that could be, you could have one of those guys develop. You could have one of those. Some of those guys will fly to the league, like whatever. But you're going to have this pool of other players that are developing. Some will be good. Some some won't, but some will be good. But then we're talking about in 2026 when you have Giddy and J-Dub and Chet and SGA all in their prime. And the thought of having four first-rounders, four first-rounders, it would be like I'm trying to think of like a team that's like equivalent. Like if Memphis like take all the drama out of Memphis, like if Memphis was just Memphis and Ja was not doing everything and he was just a good player, I feel like Memphis having like four picks in like in, in the upcoming draft. You know, it's like wait, wait, what? Like how did they how did they get four picks in this draft? Like their team is ready. Like their team was like the two seed. You know, and the Thunder could be hitting that level by then where they're competing at a really high level and then you're adding four first rounders like that's when you can say hey we're going to go shopping we're going to go get this player we're going to go get that player and we're going to pick two rookies to come on the team to have cheap contracts and one of them works out you know we're in the money like this is where like the plan really starts to fall into place with like how kind of crazy it is that he's been able to stockpile these picks for so many years, and the fact that these guys have started to land. I mean, we haven't talked that much about J-Dub, but J-Dub looks like a star. It looks like you just dropped a star into Summer League, and he was just like, I am so much better than all of you, and I know it. I'm going to show you in the first half. He's so big, too. He looks huge. He's going to play the four. He's going to. When he was matched up with uh, Ochai, who's big. Like, Ochai's jacked. Yeah. But yeah. when they were standing next to each other, like J-Dub is just so much thicker. Like his chest is so solid. Like he's not yes. built like Dort necessarily, but no. he is just big. Like he can, he's going to be able to hold his own in the post. Especially, yeah. I mean, he, he said he was up to 220, I think. And yeah. at the combine, he was 209. I think at Santa Clara, like maybe when he started, he was 195. So he's put on like 25, 20, 25 pounds over these last couple of years. Um, and it, but like it looks good. Like he he is wearing the weight very well. Like he is. Yeah. He has a huge frame. I was trying to compare him. I was like looking up similar physical comps, which was mm-hmm. actually really hard to do because uh, of his I wingspan. Wish I yeah. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have brought it up because I actually didn't find a good one. Um, but I did try. <laughs> I wanted to let you know I tried. Yeah. So Zach, uh, my guy Zach Bobernick in the chat. Uh, the James oh my Williams. god. Dude, that was so awkward. That's such a and weird thing to say. I wonder. I wonder what. I wonder what even the idea was there, other than being a, a huge jerk. Like, wh- why else would you say that? What's What's the bit? What's the joke? Other than know. that, this guy's good and this guy isn't. Like, what? 
What else are you saying? We all decided you suck and you're good. How about and that? She's, she's lucky that Jay Will's like the nicest human in the world where he was able to like yeah. laugh it off. Yeah. Because I, I would have uh, made a stink face at the camera. Well, it was great. It was a great moment. Like Trey. <laughs> yeah, Trey's like, face was great. What? Trey's face was awesome. Uh, it was worth it for that moment, for her to say that in that moment anyways. but This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. But yeah, uh, J-Dub looked like an absolute killer. And like some of his amazing. drives, he was well defended and he was still scoring. Yeah, the, pull, like, so, the, the, the pull-up game, the mid-range pull-up game though, bro, like that's a, that's a star level pull-up. Like that's what that's what NBA stars look like. Like that's what Jason Tatum looks like when he's going up and pulling up in the mid range. Like that's what yeah. Kobe Bryant looked like when he's pulling up in mid range. Now, like those two players are like out of this world. If he was anywhere close to as good as either one of those players, would be amazing. Um, but he looks really good. He's going to be really good. Um, I also want to just bring this up too. People have been doing the thing where it's like. Who do you think is better, Giddy or J Dub? And like, who's gonna be better? Like, please, like we don't even have to do it. We don't even have to do that. You know, if you want to do like J Dub and Jalen Green, go for it. Like, let's compare those two. But like, we don't have to do the who's better, J Dub or Giddy. 
it's one, it's not the exactly the most fair comparison for either one of them because their skill sets don't even overlap all that much. And also, like the team has both of them. So like why are we trying to pit these guys against each other? Yeah, because like, well, who's to, uh, better? Christian Wood. Who's better? Yeah. <laughs> J Dub or Christian Wood. Compare J Dub to Shangun if you want. Like do that. But like please don't compare Giddy and J Dub. And because here's the thing. It's like those dudes are gonna see that. And it's not like they're gonna care or they may just think it's silly. But it's just it's just not as like if you're a Thunder fan. I just saw a lot of Thunder fans doing it. And I just thought, what are you doing? Like, what in the world are you doing? Why are you, like... Well, what if, what if we could like, get them against each other and get them to hate each other, Andrew? You're like, you're, like, cannibalizing your own team here. Like, why would you do that? Compare them, compare them to the Rockets guys. Compare them to the Pistons guys, if you want. Compare J-Dub to Jaden Ivey. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do a poll for that? But, like, don't, I think it's, don't cannibalize your own team. You know, I, I think that's I agree. just dumb. I agree, especially because like it's not like they're fighting for minutes necessarily. Like they're both they're going to start get... next to each other, and yeah, they're going to so play. Like, and the, like the the team's success somewhat hinges on how well those guys play together. Well, we we talked about Poku versus Oos, and like I think that actually is a conversation worth having because they're probably going to be fighting over similar minutes. Or yeah, if you want to do and like the, Isaiah and the Joe and of them even making the roster, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. pinning like your two of your currently like three or four best players against each other, like please don't do that. Well, you know, you please know, what I think it comes from. You know, what I think it comes from. I do believe this. Uh, people are too obsessed with the idea of pushing the button. They're too yeah. focused on what the star trade is going to be. Oh, I, th- yeah. I and and they know that they would have to give up one of those guys. Most likely, you're not. Like, it, like if Joel Embiid became available, you're not getting Joel Embiid with just picks. Like it's not happening. Sure. Daryl Morey is not being like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just take some picks. So I think that's why people obsess about it because they assume that a star trade is coming. I, I'll i make a prediction now, Andrew. I don't think they're ever going to trade for a star. I truly believe that. I, I, I would agree. I truly believe that. I, I think that they're going to trade for players that are complementary to the guys they have now, similar to what they did with the first iteration of the team. I think... I mean, if you're a Thunder fan and you think that they've hit on Shea, Giddy, J-Dub, and Chet, that's four guys that could possibly be on or near max, you know, second year or second contracts. You don't go get a star. You've already got them. So you've already got them, folks. No, but come on. but also like, like it kind of it's just been that that just kind of like saw that with several different like, like Twitter accounts and it's just like eating away at me like what are you doing? And well, I don't want to call them you, out like on Twitter, but like it's just I think it's just we, the most ridiculous thing. I mean, when you talk about you know adding similar players to what they did in the first iteration, a lot of people might be like you know like Derek Fisher, you know like Karan Butler, but I think yeah, what but it's it's going to be like souped up versions of that role player. Like, what if you could yes. get the best, most perfect fitting role player for that specific role because you have all these picks? And those are the type of trades where you wouldn't likely have to give up one of your core pieces. You might be able to get a guy like that with a picks-based package and maybe, like, one young player but not one of the core guys. Yeah. Especially, that's I mean, the you thing. see it's what like, Dame's going for. I mean, Yeah, you get to go. That's the thing. That's, like, the whole purpose of this all this like pick hoarding. And this is why they're going and getting more second round picks. Like 
good role players are going for like two second round picks. You know, three second round picks. Five second round picks. And they're hoarding second round picks right now, as well as the first rounders, to where they get to go shopping with all of those picks. This is why people saying like, oh, well, here's where the rubber meets the road on collecting too many picks. It's like, actually, no. <laughs> you you don't see the plan, if that's what you think. That's not where this is headed. This is heading in a very good direction with the core that they've built. And then they get to go find those guys. Now, Like Sam and his team are going to have to find the right role players and trade for the right role players down the road. And that's not the easiest thing to do. But they're going to have a lot more spending power once you get there. And just selecting the right guys and bringing them in to complement this team is, is going to be something that they're eventually going to do. Um, and who knows, maybe one of them is Michich. Like Michich may come in here and be really good and play well with this team and want to stick around longer than what his contract is. And that would be great. That would be great. Um, uh, can, can I go back to, uh, <laughs> to J-Dub measurements? Because I have more thoughts now. Yes. Do you know who he's very similar to, but 20 pounds heavier? Mm-mm. Josh Howard. Remember Josh Howard? Josh Howard. Yeah. 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 Uh, but for, for an easier comparison for people listening, so he is a, he's three quarters of an inch shorter than Jalen Brown. Okay. They weigh yeah. about the same now, but <laughs> he has a three inch longer wingspan than Jalen Brown. Than Jalen Brown. Wow. Yeah, than Jalen Brown. That's, like that's, that's kind of the, the size of player we're talking about now. And Jalen Brown, I feel like, is like strong. Like he's a big dude. He's really strong, and he's really good. And I would make a left-hand joke right now if I wasn't tired of hearing about it. But, you know, Oh, they're, bo- they're both left-handed? No, it's just that Jalen Brown do- can't dribble with his left hand. Oh. And that J-Dub can. That's all I was going to say. By the way, uh, my favorite Dame trade is not going to happen, but uh, Jalen going to Houston – Dame going to Boston and Houston sending stuff to Portland. Oh, that's yeah, like, that's interesting. That's like the one trip. I don't think Boston does it. They're not. Although doing maybe it. Yeah. maybe they could get something back from Houston in that scenario. I don't know. But that that was the only one for Portland side that I was like, because you have to find like a young team for this to make mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're just going to be taking this poo poo platter from the Heat, which is a bummer. I know. Yeah, and I don't really see San Antonio actually doing something. Like, that just seems... No, especially because if you start looking know. at who they'd give up, I don't think they'd give up Vassell. They shouldn't. Dean. No, they should not. And if, you're, and if you're Portland, you're like, wait, you're not giving up Vassell? Like, what are we, what are we doing then? Like, what's... Oh, we get, we get Zach Collins guys? back? <laughs> you get your goon back. Um... Let me see. Was yeah. there anything else from uh, from summer league? I haven't I haven't really watched the other teams. I know that things aren't going super well for Brandon Miller. Yeah, I watched some of that game earlier. <clears throat> um, didn't look great. It's early. You know, all of the uh, all the things that you have to say about summer league is like it doesn't really matter. Oh man, the first game, uh, first quarter, up until he missed the the dunk, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like. Summer League's so dumb. Like, all of this is very dumb, but Summer League is, like, the ultimate dumb version of this where when I see a national account tweet something positive about my team, I get dopamine for some reason. It's like, why, 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 why am I feeling better? Like, this is stupid. 
But then yeah. the same thing when I start seeing people like hating on a guy or just like oh, worrying, yeah. even if they're like genuinely just worrying about something, I, I get like a pit in my stomach, like, oh no, what's happening? And that first quarter <laughs> with Chet, I was like, I felt like all the Thunder fans were like circling up, like PR team, like we got to get our story straight. He looks rusty, but it's not yeah. a big deal. He, has, he hasn't played a game in over a year. Okay, it's totally fine. He looks rusty. Like Everyone was tweeting the same thing. And then finally, in the second quarter, it's like, oh, okay, fine. He scored 10 points. Great. Okay. Everything's okay now. Yeah. And I, with Chet, and we talked about this already, but I think what's really going to matter is like how Chet meshes with the other guys. Like Defensively, he's already making an impact. Like I don't know. Like he can't get me to worry about Chet. I think the shot will fall. I think he I think he definitely can shoot. He's got good enough touch. And he's got moves. He just has got to really figure figure it out. I hope he plays several games. Like I don't know if he'll play in this last game in Utah or not. And I don't know what his status is in Vegas. But I, I hope that he plays a few games in Vegas too. Just to like get his confidence going. Like get him a twenty point get him like a twenty and ten game and let him get his confidence up and then let him then let him sit. You know, there's got to be a team that he can do that against. Memphis is Memphis is tough. Like that's just they just have a lot of tough-minded players on their team. Like I don't know. I I thought he. I, I don't think there's any cause for concern at all with Chet. No, I I, I was um, the the defense in particular just like is so good, and it's yeah. it's so different from anything they have had over these last couple of years. Yeah, Unless you want to no throw doubt. Moses Brown in there. I mean, he's probably the closest. You can throw him out We've got as close as that we've had to to Chet, but putting someone who is that high a level, because you know, there's there's moments where he reminds me kind of like Nerlens, because I loved rookie Nerlens, and and rookie Nerlens was also a very skinny guy, Um, Mm -hmm. but Nerlens didn't have like nearly the offensive upside. Like you know, going in, like Nerlens is not going to be able to do anything on offense. Maybe he'll be able to finish around the basket, but that's it you're really buying into like this defensive ceiling. And I feel like Chet has that defensive ceiling plus a lot of stuff on offense that is like being untapped and that we can still get excited about, but won't really affect his ability to impact a basketball game right out of the gate. Like he's going to impact it positively just because he's on the court defensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He reminds me of like almost like rookie Kevin Garnett in some ways. With like a similar, like similar frame, like super duper skinny guys, but just like undeniable like defensive presence and like the attitude stuff as well is a little bit like KG. Now, like if he becomes anywhere close to as good as KG, not as good of a rebounder as as KG was ever, but I mean Kevin Garnett was ten point six boards in twenty eight minutes in his first year, you know. I would guess that Chet would do a little better than that, but if that's what it is, 10, 6, almost two assists, a steal and a block, you know, like that that might be what he is in year one, and that's okay. In year two, he exploded to 17, 8, and 3, but took on like a much bigger role. Um, that to me is kind of like the similar like player that had like an impact on offensive defense i mean kg similar to what they were wanting chet to do in this game was like he brought the ball up the court for that timberwolf squad you know from like the forward position and could play a small ball center like if if kg was brought into the league today like garnett would be a small ball center you know like he would play center more than he played power forward a lot um 
so that to me kind of feels like a similar impact player where it's like where was KG felt for the most part like defensively like he made his imprint and then he found other ways he found a lot of ways to score very very good player but that to me is like what I was when I was watching him today uh that just kind of struck me like watching like a young KG back in the day um, I want to read off the rest of the schedule in case people don't know. So they play yep. the Sixers on Thursday, tomorrow, yep, back-to-back yep. -back on ESPN2. Then they start off in Vegas against Dallas. Mm, we'll get to see Derek Lively, alternate universe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tuesday, the big one, OKC Houston, NBA I, TV. I'm, I hate that I'm not going to be there for that. I'm going to be... I'm I'm leaving uh, Vegas on Monday. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm only going to be Wednesday. I'm only going to be there for one game. <laughs> I'm going to be there for some what feels like a lot of days, but only see one Thunder game. Uh, um, I can't wait to watch Amen Thompson though. Like I'm I'm legitimately excited. He he, he other yeah. than Wemby, like it's him and Scoot. I want to see the, what those guys look like. And Whitmore. Uh yeah, and Whitmore. And then we play Wednesday, very next day, Indiana, so we'll get yep. to see Jarris Walker. Yeah, alternate universe, fun. Thunderman, and then the showdown Friday. OKC Zards, Presti, Winger, Dawkins, <laughs> Presti, two front offices. Dawkins. Yeah, <laughs> two front offices, two teams that are playing guys fighting for two-way contracts. Uh, honestly, though, so we're getting to see Jarris, we're getting to see Derek Lively, and we're getting to see Koulibaly. You think Koulibaly will be playing on by Friday? Why? Why wouldn't he? Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Those guys, they, teams just tend to shut guys down after like two or three games. Ho hopefully, Koulibaly <sighs> will play like five games. But yeah, that would be nice. It. I mean, I I would not expect like Chet or J Dub or any of those guys. Maybe Kason will play. Kaysan did you get a, Did Koulibaly. you get tickets? Because I heard they were sold out for the Friday for this Friday. So I've got a I've got a credential for. For the whole time, so you get to so, go to the Wemby, Brandon Miller. Game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I will be, I will be post posted up somewhere. Pretty, I have nice. to be there like posted up pretty early, but I'm gonna be in the building for that and uh, have a podcast on the Athletic NBA show uh, later when, that night. When do you leave? Do you leave? Are you gonna be there Sunday? Because Sunday is Wemby versus Scoot. Yeah, I'll be there for Wemby Scoot. Nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time is and that? Ru is and Rupert. Wimby Rupert. Yeah, Wimby Rupert. Yeah. Uh, the time, what? it's uh, mm -hmm. 5 p.m. Pacific. Okay, great. Lo yeah, local, yeah. local time, yeah. I, I will definitely be there for that. Yeah, that's yeah. another one where I'll have to be in the arena for like five hours early and just like not move from my spot. Um, A Stags 59 in the chat. How long will the meet and greet be at MGM? Uh, Thanks for bringing it up. We're doing a meet and greet with the Athletic NBA show and no dunks on Saturday at 4 o'clock. This is on the 8th of July. It's going to be at the MGM Grand at the MGM uh, Bet MGM Sports Book. I would guess we'll be there for maybe like an hour and a half, maybe two hours at the very most. Uh, if you plan to come but you can't be there till later, just send me a, a DM. I'll, I'll, hang out. I'll hang out for a little bit longer. Um, who uh, can't be there who, right on time? Who do you think will be the most popular 
person that people will be wanting um, to meet? Trey I mean, it's got to be the note. I mean, yeah, it's like probably Skeets or Tass or Trey, right? Yeah. I, that's yeah. that's what I would get. I, I don't know if people will know what the <laughs> what the uh, some of the writers look like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Unless Zach they Harper watch shows on YouTube. People probably like people like Zach Harper, so he'll be somebody else. Sam Amick. So yeah, Sam will be there. Uh, those guys will be there. Uh, will but David yeah, Aldridge be there? I have. Yeah, I well, he'll be in Vegas. I'm I'm hopeful. I'll talk to him tomorrow and to try to make sure he he might be like one of the most recognizable people. Yeah, he that if be. if you were to show up, um, I think I will get Da to to show up to the meet and greet. Um, but I'll talk to him about that tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, f- first podcast from Flagstaff, probably last Woo. podcast from Flagstaff. Uh, got to go see the Grand Canyon today. It's uh, it's unbelievable. It's like I don't even have good words to describe it. Um, but it was great. Got yeah, the to, Grand uh, Canyon my... is so cool. It's it's so, legitimately so cool. worth all the hype. It is better than you think it's going to be. Yeah. If you're like, uh, oh, Grand Canyon, whatever, go do it. it. Is legitimately cool. So cool. We I have my whole family with me. We um. We were going to a specific trail, and then like we hit this, you like went around this curve, and then you like you see it for the first time, and then like I immediately just like whipped into like a parking spot. It's like we gotta get out and go see it. Uh, it's so cool, so much fun. Uh, okay, uh, we'll have more content coming to you guys from Vegas on Friday. Uh, I will have some special stuff to hopefully. Uh, have some more interviews coming to you. Soft Australian licorice. Wow, look at this! Go if get you're in the, some. Uh, in the in the YouTube, you get to see this. Uh, Daryl Lee. Yep. Soft Australian licorice. We've got so many Australians on the, the team right now. How? Okay. Over under. Uh, one and a half Australians on on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> By the time uh, the season starts. I'll go over. I'll go over. I think okay. one of the Australians or two of the Australians will will stick. Yeah. And yeah. I think one okay. of them, Josh Giddy. Lock it in. Lock that <laughs> lock in Giddy to be on the team. Uh okay. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 